Section 49 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2, Book 5, Chapter 2, Part 6. Two-Winged Insects or Flies By W. F. Kirby this order of insects is probably one of the most numerous in individuals, though it may be that, when we know more of the insect population of the world, we shall find that it is outnumbered in species by the beetles, or the order to which the bees and ants belong. It differs from all other orders in possessing only two wings, instead of four, which is the usual number in insects. The metamorphoses are complete, and the mouth is furnished with a proboscis for imbibing liquid food. Hind wings are represented in many species by a pair of organs called poisers, resembling a knob at the end of a stick, and other species have two small additional lobes attached to the wings called winglets, but there is no such thing as a really developed hind wing in any insect belonging to the group. They are always two-winged flies, except in the case of a few aberrant species, such as the fleas, in which no wings, or only mere rudiments of wings, are to be met with. The gnats, daddy long legs, and houseflies are among the commonmost representatives of this order. The first section of the group includes gnats and daddy long legs, or crane flies, the members of which may be distinguished by having moderately long antennae, composed of more than six joints and never terminating in a bristle. They are all vegetable feeders, with the exception of the females of gnats and sandflies, which are furnished with a lancet like arrangement for sucking the blood of warm blooded animals. The gallflies, wheat midges, etc., have rather long jointed antennae, which are not feathered, though sometimes tufted on the sides, and their maggots produce small galls on various trees and plants, or distort and otherwise injure them. They resemble small gnats, and there are two particularly destructive species which attack corn in England and elsewhere. The wheat midge, an orange-yellow fly with black eyes, produces little yellowish or reddish maggots, which injure the growing grain in the ear, and the hessian fly, which is brown and produces semi-transparent maggots, which afterwards grow darker, and when full-grown become pupae resembling flax seeds. The maggots attack the stalk, feeding on the sap till the stalk cracks and bends over. This is an infallible sign of their presence and of the mischief they are doing. Among the best-known insects of this group are the gnats, or mosquitoes, of which there are many genera and species. There is no difference, however, to permit of their being classified in two separate popular categories. In England, any of these troublesome insects are called gnats. Out of England they are termed mosquitoes, if we are tormented by them, even though they may belong to the same species as the English ones for mosquito is merely the Spanish word for gnat, anglicized. Gnats breed in standing water, fresh or otherwise, but seem to prefer rainwater, for they are very numerous about small pools and water butts. Consequently, they were formerly far more abundant in England than at present when the fens were still undrained, and when every house had its rainwater butt. The females of some species construct small rafts of eggs which float about the surface of the water till hatched, and then produce small maggots, with a breathing apparatus at the end of the tail. In this condition they swim head downwards, while the more compact pupa floats head upwards. 
they may be destroyed by pouring a little kerosene into their breeding places and as this floats on the surface of the water it does not interfere with the use of the water in the water butts which is usually drawn off by a tap below the males of gnats often have feathered antennae and long slender legs the females however are more nocturnal in their habits and come into houses in the evening and keep people awake by their humming and painful bites or rather punctures which frequently cause a distressing irritation for a day or two afterwards what is worse is that they are now known to disseminate various diseases such as elephantitis and also malarial fever of every kind in this manner from the comparatively mild ague of the english fens now nearly extinct to the terrible malaria of southern europe india and africa formerly attributed to the unhealthy atmosphere of marshy countries or to the exposure to the night air in warm countries but now known to be caused by the bites of the gnats or mosquitoes which breed in swampy places and fly about in the evening it is believed that only certain species of gnats convey the germs of these diseases and it has been stated that although ague-bearing species of gnats are still found in england those which have been examined for the purpose have been free of these germs and are therefore incapable of propagating the disease in many parts of the world gnats are excessively numerous and troublesome at certain seasons of the year filling the air like clouds of dust so that it is difficult to sleep or eat from the annoyance and irritation caused by their attacks this will be readily credible to those who have experienced the pain which they cause even when they are not very numerous and have been kept awake at night by their shrill piping as they approach they appear to be equally numerous in cold and warm countries lapland france south russia italy various parts of america and in fact most parts of the world being liable to the inordinate multiplication of different species in england they were formerly so abundant in the fenlands that mosquito curtains were in use less than a century ago and may be so still but their numbers have so diminished of late years that whenever gnats are a little more troublesome than usual it is reported that there has been an invasion of mosquitoes a year or two ago there was a report that mosquitoes had been brought to cromer in some fishing vessel and the newspapers contained paragraphs about mosquitoes having caused much annoyance in different parts of london but many of the specimens submitted to the inspection of entomologists proved to be nothing more than the commonest of all the blood-sucking gnats called the piping gnat by lioness on account of its shrill note the note is produced by a rapid vibration of the wing which has been estimated at a rate of three thousand per minute gnats do not always fly near the ground sometimes they have been seen ascending from cathedrals and other high buildings in such vast swarms that they resembled clouds of smoke and gave rise to the idea that the building was actually on fire equally troublesome and annoying are the sand flies as they are called in england or the black flies as they are called in america they are very small flies short and broad with broader wings than gnats and one of them which actually destroys many mules and other domestic animals in the mississippi valley as we learn from professor comstock is called the buffalo gnat from a fancied resemblance of the side view of the insect to a buffalo other species are equally destructive to the cattle and the banat of hungary it is a curious circumstance that in the case of nearly all two-winged flies which attack men and animals it is usually only the females which suck blood the males frequenting flowers and being perfectly harmless 
Respecting mosquitoes in South America, Mr. H.W. Bates writes in his work, The Naturalist on the Amazons, when passing a night in a boat about 25 miles from the town of Villanova. At night, it was quite impossible to sleep for the mosquitoes. They fell upon us in myriads, and without much piping came straight at our faces, as thick as raindrops in a shower. The men crowded into the cabins, and then tried to expel the pests by the smoke from burnt rags, but it was of little avail, although we were half suffocated during the operation, but with sandflies encountered a little higher up the river were much worse. We made acquaintance on this coast with a new insect pest, the pium, a minute fly two-thirds of a line in length, which here commences its reign, and continues henceforward as a terrible scourge along the upper river, or Solomones, to the end of the navigation of the Amazons. It comes forth only by day, relieving the mosquito at sunrise with the greatest punctuality, and occurs only near the muddy shores of the stream, not one ever being found in the shade of the forest. In places where it is abundant, it accompanies canoes in such dense swarms as to resemble thin clouds of smoke. It made its appearance in this way, the first day after we crossed the river. Before I was aware of the presence of flies, I felt a slight itching on my neck, wrist, and ankles, and, on looking for the cause, saw a number of tiny objects having a disgusting resemblance to lice adhering to the skin. This was my first introduction to the much-talked-of pium. On close examination, they are seen to be small, two-winged insects, with dark-colored body, and pale legs and wings, the latter closed lengthwise over the back. They alight imperceptibly, and, squatting close, fall at once to work, stretching forward their tiny front legs, which are in constant motion, and seem to act as feelers, and then applying their short, broad snouts to the skin. Their abdomens soon become distended with red blood, and then, their thirst satisfied, they soon move off, sometimes so stupefied with their plantations that they can scarcely fly. No pain is felt whilst they are at work, but they each leave a small circular raised spot on the skin, and a disagreeable irritation. The latter may be avoided in great measure by pressing out the blood, which remains in the spot. But this is a troublesome task when one has several hundred punctures in the course of a day. Like Prince Cyrer, in one of Bulwer Lytton's stories, who fell pierced by five hundred spears. I took the trouble to dissect specimens to ascertain the way in which the little pests operate. The mouth consists of a pair of thick, fleshy lips, and two triangular horny lancets, answering to the upper lip and tongue of other insects. This is applied closely to the skin. A puncture is made with the lancets, and the blood then sucked through between these into the esophagus. The circular spot, which results coinciding with the shape of the lips. In the course of a few days, the red spots dry up, and the skin in time becomes blackened with the endless number of discolored punctures that are crowded together. The irritation they produce is more acutely felt by some persons than others. I once traveled with a middle-aged Portuguese who was laid up for three weeks from the attacks of Pium, his legs being swelled to an enormous size and the punctures aggravated into spreading sores. However, the traveler in Amazonia has one consolation. The great rivers which traverse the forests are of three different colors, and the black water rivers, so called from the dark color of the water, owing apparently to the amount of vegetable matter which they hold in solution, 
are never infested with mosquitoes. Probably the character of the water renders it unsuitable to them for breeding purposes. The crane flies or daddy longlegs are also very injurious insects, but in a different manner. For their subterranean maggots feed on and destroy the roots of grass in the same way as the grubs of the cockchafers. They are insects of considerable size with slender bodies terminating in a short horny point, the ovipositor, in the female, and with long slender legs which are liable to break off at the least touch. The commonest species has a great body and transparent wings, but there is a larger one with the wings prettily variegated with brown, and a smaller one in which there are yellow markings towards the end of the body. The more typical flies have usually shorter and broader wings, and thicker, shorter, and more hairy legs than those just mentioned. And the antennae have usually three or four joints, and are often furnished with a long, slender bristle at or before the end of the last joint. As in the case of the gnats and crane flies, so as regards the more typical flies, we have only space to notice a few of the more important families. Some of the gadflies are no larger than houseflies, but others are as large as wasps or larger, with broader wings and of a black, gray, or yellowish color. They frequent fields and settle on cattle, or on our clothes or hands. Some have transparent and others dark-colored wings, but they are all capable of inflicting a severe puncture, often sufficient to draw blood, even in the case of the smaller species. The prettiest of the gadflies are the golden-eyed flies. They are black, with the abdomen more or less marked with yellow, and black, or black and transparent wings. The eyes are of a beautiful golden green, dotted and lined with purple. They are moderately stout insects, about the third of an inch long, and are not uncommon. Another insect known as the blood-sucking rainfly has a rather large and slender body, for a gadfly, and is nearly half an inch long. It is of a lighter or darker gray, with reddish markings on the sides of the abdomen in the male. The wings are grayish-brown with whitish dots, and a white mark towards the tip. Both of these flies are very troublesome, the latter chiefly on the edges of the woods or near water, especially in rainy weather. The robber flies are large flies with long, tapering bodies of a black or partly yellow color, and feed on smaller flies and other insects of different kinds. They have very thick, hairy, and strong proboscis. A handsome Australian species, allied to these, but with a broader body, is represented in the colored plate. The hornet robber fly, represented on page 731, is one of the most conspicuous of the British species. Among other places, it may be seen flying over the short grass at the top of cliffs between Brighton and Rottingdon. They are very predaceous and are probably rather beneficial than otherwise by contributing to keep down injurious insects. But in North America, there is a species called the bee-killer, which is an extremely destructive insect, taking up its station in front of a hive and killing large numbers of bees as they fly backwards and forwards from the hive. The hoverflies are brightly colored, rather smooth flies, and are familiar objects in gardens and in open places and woods. They have the habit of hovering motionless in the air and then darting off suddenly. Some of the larger species proceed from curious maggots with long tails, which have been compared to the tail of a rat. These live in putrid water and, 
as the flies have a slight resemblance to bees the fact is believed to have given rise to the old fable that bees are generated from the rotting carcasses of oxen or other large animals the bot flies are remarkable for being parasitic on warm-blooded animals their maggots living in tumors on the skin of oxen known as warbles or in the stomachs and intestines of horses or in the nostrils and other cavities in the heads of sheep or deer the house flies and their allies form a very large group divided into many families the true house fly is an autumn insect but there are other flies which resemble it which live in houses at different times of the year most of them are harmless although there is one species very like the house fly which comes into houses in rainy weather and inflicts a puncture like a gadfly this is the meaning of the popular saying that the fly bites in rainy weather although house flies do not bite yet they are sometimes exceedingly troublesome when they are in unusual numbers and as they settle everywhere they may convey infection mechanically though not as the principal agents in the dissemination of definite diseases like the mosquitoes thus in egypt they are said frequently to convey ophthalmia a prevalent disease in that country the very first paper published in the transactions of the present entomological society of london for the existing society had several short-lived predecessors was a paper read by william spence at the meeting on april seventh eighteen thirty four about a year after the society had been definitely founded entitled observations on a mode practised in italy of excluding the common housefly from apartments this desirable result is attained simply by stretching a net of white or colored thread with meshes of an inch or more in diameter across an open window which the flies will not venture to pass if the room is lighted from one side only for if there be a thorough light either from an opposite or side window the flies pass through the net without scruple mr spence's son also referred to a passage in herodotus where he says that egyptian fishermen in his time defended themselves from the gnats by covering their beds with the nets which they had used in the day for fishing and through which these insects though they bit through linen or woolen did not even attempt to bite the matter seems to have been overlooked in recent years though it is evidently well worthy of consideration when flies or gnats are troublesome there is a conspicuous insect allied to the house flies but a little larger measuring about a half an inch in length it is called the noonday fly and is often seen in considerable numbers in the hottest part of the day flying around and settling on the trunks and leaves of trees it also settles on cow dung it is a shiny black fly with the sides and under surface of the head golden yellow in the male the wings are transparent slightly tinged with pale brown and bright rusty yellow towards the base the african cc fly is not very unlike the house fly and is one of the worst pests to cattle in those parts of africa which it infests for any horse ox or dog attacked by it will infallibly die after a longer or shorter period of suffering though wild animals and sucking calves are not affected by it it used to be supposed that the fly itself infused some deadly venom with its puncture but later experiments have led naturalists to the conclusion that the fly is not itself poisonous but that it forms a channel of communication of some fatal disease just as some species of mosquitoes convey the infection of malaria the blowflies or blue bottles of which there are several species closely allied to each other 
are common in houses, and a smaller brilliant green fly, called the green bottle fly, is common on hedges. These are all flies which lay their eggs on fresh or putrid meat, when it is said to be fly-blown. They will also lay their eggs in open sores, and, in former days, the sufferings of the wounded after battle were often frightfully aggravated by this cause, and, at the present day, farmers would frequently lose sheep through their attacks, if they were not carefully tended in hot weather. Various flies in eastern Europe, the southern states of America, Jamaica, etc., habitually lay their eggs in the mouths or nostrils of men and animals, and the resulting maggots cause dreadful suffering and often death. In India, and especially in the eastern archipelago, there are some brilliantly colored smooth metallic blue and green flies as big as bumblebees. There is also a family of flies allied to the house fly, which have very bristly bodies and are parasitic on caterpillars like ignumen flies. There are also other flies which easily attract attention, such as the yellow hairy fly found about cow dung and some rather small species with prettily variegated wings, which feed on flowers or fruit. The cheese hoppers are also the maggots of the small black fly. Besides these, there are some aberrant parasitic families of flies with long hairy legs and only one or two joints to the antennae. These are the forest flies and bird flies, which attack horses and birds, and also some wingless insects, such as the so-called sheep tick, easily distinguished from the true tick by possessing only six legs, the bee parasites, and the spider-like bat parasites. This parasitic group is also remarkable for depositing full-grown larvae or pupae instead of eggs. The fleas are a small group of small wingless insects, with such powers of leaping that it has been said that if a man was as agile as a flea, he could jump over the dome of St. Paul's. The larvae of fleas are small, worm-like creatures, with bristles but without legs. They probably live on any sort of animal or vegetable refuse. They subsequently change to pupae in small cocoons and emerge as perfect fleas, which live by the sucking of blood of warm-blooded animals, or, when that fails them, they may attack caterpillars or other small soft-bodied creatures. Though not very particular about their food, different species are more or less attached to different animals, and while in Europe the most troublesome species is the one considered to be most particularly attached to man. The species most troublesome in North America is known in Europe as the dog flea. They are all very similar in habits and appearance. Fleas are not only annoying, but, in conjunction with rats, are believed to be among the principal agents in the spread of the plague. There is another insect, called the jigger, or sand flea, common in most of the warmer parts of America, and which has more recently been introduced into Africa. The female burrows into the feet of men or animals, where her body swells up with eggs to the size of a pea, and serious and sometimes fatal ulcers are the ordinary result, unless the insect is carefully extracted at an early stage of the attack. Uses of Flies It must not be supposed from the foregoing observation that flies are simply and solely pests to man and beast, without any redeeming qualities. Their services are less required in cold and settled countries, but in warm climates, their value as scavengers can hardly be overestimated. In regards to the removal of carrion alone, Lyonis declared that the progeny of only three blowflies would devour a carcass of a dead horse as quickly as a lion, a statement which, even if slightly exaggerated, 
conveys a vivid idea of their voracity and the rate at which they increase. Flies are also useful in keeping down the multitudes of destructive insects. Numbers of caterpillars fall victim to the bristly flies alluded to in the last page, and the bee flies, which form a family placed next to the gadflies, render far greater service in destroying locusts. They much resemble small bumblebees, being very much the same shape, and they are clothed with yellow down in the British species, and the transparent wings are conspicuously marked with black bands, as in the photograph above, or with brown shading and spots. The insects have very rapid flight and use their long proboscis to suck the honey of flowers, but their grubs are parasitic, at least in some instances, on wild bees and it is probable that their resemblance to bees has some reference to this mode of life. But in Cyprus, Algeria, North America, etc., the larvae of allied species feed inside the egg cases of locusts, sometimes destroying as large a proportion as four-fifths of the whole brood. Locusts have many enemies, but it will easily be seen that the attacks of foes like these must reduce their numbers considerably. Notwithstanding the swarms which frequently survive, and which are liable to the attacks of other enemies, such as robber flies, locust birds, etc., after they have actually arrived at maturity, nor must we omit to notice the use of flies as articles of food for man or useful animals. Many persons are very fond of cheese hoppers, which are really the maggots of a small fly, and we read in Kirby's textbook of entomology, page 92, the Reverend a. E. Eaton informs me that he believes that two species of Ephraimidae, mayflies, form a portion of the so-called kungu cake, manufactured by the natives of South Africa, of gnats and probably other insects, which can't be obtained in sufficient abundance. Gentles, which are the maggots of flies, are also used by anglers for ground bait. End of section 49, recording by Tori B.